This is Energy of Business Moments with Michael Seip, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their business success into your life and business. Energy of Business Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Michael Seip. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Energy of Business Moments podcast on the Strategic Advisor Board channel. I am Michael Seif, your host, and today we get to talk finance along with the energy of finance. And man, a lot of people have some energy around finance. I remember when I first started investing in the stock market back in the 1980s, we had this thing called the 1987 stock market crash, and it set a lot of investors back with a huge drop. And then it took a while for that market to come back. So anybody who's been a stock market investor has known that there are ups and downs with that. And our guest today, Dan Thompson, has been through all of that. And he has found an alternative or a series of alternatives in improving and finding a little different way of investing. So Dan, welcome to the show today. I'm excited to get into your topic and area of expertise. Oh, Michael, thank you. Glad to be here and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, awesome. Well, Dan, where are you from and, and what's a little bit about your business that's going on? So I'm California grown, but I moved to Idaho uh, um, in about 1990. So now I'm kind of legal here and uh, had all our kids here. Grandkids are all here. Everybody stayed around. So Boise, Idaho has been a great place to raise a family. And that's uh, that's where I've been. Awesome. Awesome. So I've read a little bit about your bio, but part of it, you know, is, is people are looking to invest and grow their wealth. And there are a lot of traditional ways of doing so or semi-non-traditional ways of, of doing it that are quite accepted. Um, but I'm curious because you found a few things here that are opportunities for people to invest in a, a different way. Um, traditionally, there's real estate, stock market, bonds, insurance, things like that. But you've got a long tracker track record over many decades. And I would love to hear a little bit about what you're doing and our audience would as well. Yeah, well, so I started in 1986, about six months before that crash that you just spoke of. Well, no, a little longer than that. But yeah, I remember that 87 Monday morning walking into the office and everybody's panicking. But I was a brand new stockbroker, so I didn't realize really the impact it, it uh, had. Then I got to do 94 and then uh, again through the 90s, the dot-com boom and bust is what really kind of pushed me out of more traditional stock um, financial planning kind of community because I just was getting so frustrated. Every time my clients would make money for four or five, six years, it would turn turn against them. And of course, Wall Street makes it sound pretty. They say, oh, it's the Wall Street waltz, you know, two steps forward, one step back as if we're all supposed to accept that. And that just, uh, so right after that dot-com boom and bust, I just, I had to find a better way. I started looking at everything. Spent probably a year and a half, maybe two years, just what what's working out there? Where are people making money? I noticed that most of the multimillionaires, billionaires thing, they weren't relying on 401ks and mutual funds and so forth. They had their own you know, way of doing things. Most of them were business owners, which, you know, obviously we do a lot of work with business owners because those are more entrepreneurial minded, looking for ways to to build and grow their wealth. Well, I kind of stumbled across this concept where 
if you if you start your money in a high cash value life insurance policy and then leverage it into other investments that you could get $1 doing the work of two, three, four dollars. And originally it was kind of proposed to me that you would you would use your your policy to buy stuff, you know, buy a car, then you just pay yourself back. Well, it only took me about 15 minutes on a spreadsheet to realize buying cars and paying yourself back isn't going to make you wealthy, that you needed to leverage into other assets. So what I started doing early on, early 2000s, I was loaning, uh, I, I would build up my policy, then I would loan that money to a builder. And then he would pay me back and I would get a good rate of return and everything was great. And then a couple of years later, he just said, Dan, why, why aren't you doing this yourself? And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, I'll tell you what, I'll kind of do the legwork. You be the financing side and we'll create your own company. So we started Oakmont Signature Homes back in the early two. Well, I guess it was 2007, 2008, kind of at a bad time because then all of a sudden here comes the 08 crash and real estate went with it. But we did just fine through it. We were building very wise, you know, in smaller homes. And that's kind of built into, gosh, I think last year we did a, almost 50 million in sales. Um, and that just all came from perpetuating um, life insurance and using that as a capital account. And since then, we've got into um, student housing, multifamily, uh, rentals, um, office buildings, and everything's kind of propelled from there. Now we like to uh, use things like equipment leasing where we can eliminate taxes. So there's a lot of good things you can do, but I would say I'm about as non-traditional as it gets um, trying to help people build their wealth as safely as possible, as tax advantaged as possible, and then creating an income stream form at retirement that not only they can't outlive, but it's uh, it's going to be a tax-free retirement as well. Wow, that's uh, pretty fascinating. So tell me a little bit more about the um, sort of the tax advantages that you're talking about there, because I think for a lot of people, they know that some things are tax deductible or they know that they can do tax deferred investments, kind of like a 401k or IRA. But here you're talking about something a little differently. So what's how does that work? Well, obviously, in real estate, we get depreciation, right? The nice thing about real estate, we get depreciation and appreciation at the same time. And basically, in a, in a typical real estate market, you're going to get a a depreciation schedule over 27 years. So it's nice. It's probably going to offset your cash flow so that any uh, rents and things like that are typically going to be tax advantaged and and eventually tax free if you if you got enough depreciation. Equipment leasing is a little bit different. This gets fast forwarded. Um, I like to say that we're going to save a lot of taxes in real estate over the years, but with equipment leasing, we're going to save it this year. And those are done by just the real simple um, 179 deduction. If I go out and buy equipment, and then um, what I do is I use kind of like a best way to describe it is they're the Airbnb of big, dumb equipment. So buying big forklifts and lit heisters and and truss lifter and just all those big machinery. And then um, they they run it like Airbnb. So they're out there leasing it. They're maintaining it, covering it with insurance, et cetera, et cetera. But what I gain 
is a huge tax deduction in the first year. Um, going forward, even a few more uh, years of tax deductions. But man, I'll tell you, we've been able to wipe out people's income tax um, obligations fairly easily. And it's a, it's quite a, you know, it's, it's about as safe as investment as you can get. I mean, you own the equipment. It's, um, it's very high demand. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Thanks for explaining that. And that does sound fun. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because we think traditionally about tax savings and you go, Oh, well, if I can itemize that deduction, you know, it'll reduce your income a little bit. But when you talk about depreciation at an increased rate like that against that equipment, man, that now you're talking a much bigger deduction in a way and it much faster too. So it makes sense about how you can find a way to really help reduce people's uh, tax exposure that way. Good, good on you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um it's pretty impressive. And then when you couple it with the life insurance as the capital account, you even do better. Any any investment that you do that you can leverage your life insurance policy into is going to increase your rate of return and give you more tax advantages, which is why we try to capitalize these policies as much as the IRS and the insurance companies will let us. That's mm-hmm. kind of where we like to start our dollar. Yeah. And and I you're spot on, right? It it is it is legal, it is uh, accepted practice to to do that. And uh and it's just not many people know that that's available to them. So I'm glad uh, that you're sharing that because it's some really good value there, especially for a lot of our business owners out there, you know, who are looking at, at their own uh, financial situation as they grow their wealth. They're looking for opportunities to invest and, and, you know, they have alternatives out there than traditional. So great. Well, uh, Dan, you've talked about a couple of your businesses. And as we all know, we can have ups and downs in our business and uh and sometimes they can take an emotional toll so for you um looking back on on your career what was a moment where you were just not had the wind knocked out of your sails and wanted to like maybe crawl into a hole and 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 how did you deal with that i think i i kind of hit on it it was the 90s dot-com boom and bust you know everybody was buying internet stocks and that was the next thing that was going to make it, you know, the, the, the millionaires were just getting made every day. And it was almost impossible to keep your clients away because they would be in a maybe a more conservative blue chip type uh, approach, making their eight, nine, 10 percent. And all of a sudden, these these tech stocks are making 30, 40, 50 percent a quarter. I mean, it was just crazy. So you couldn't help but get involved in them. And then when that fell off the planet and it was just, it was just brutal to sit there and, and, you know, even though I don't, I didn't have one client, you know, necessarily blame me. Uh, they knew it was the economy, but talk about wanting to crawl in a hole. And that's when it just, well, I just said, I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to do this again. I'd rather make a consistent return over my lifetime without these 50 and 60% losses. And, uh, and, but man, that was a, that was a hard year or two watching my clients, especially the ones that wanted to retire. Um, and then, you know, fast forward, we saw it again in 08. I remember talking to some people, they weren't necessarily my clients, but they had a couple million dollars in their 401k. It was, you know, late 2007. And then all of a sudden they're down to 
Yeah, I think they dropped to 950,000. They lost 55% or something like that in their portfolio. And um, I just wish I would have talked to them a year earlier <laughs> and said, hey, we got to start protecting this stuff if you're going to be retiring here soon. But those are those are times where you like like you had indicated where you just want to crawl in a hole and uh, wish you'd all go away. Yeah. Oh man. Um, I think to to a T, everybody, a lot, a large, large majority of the public, you know, look at their finances and almost daily. <laughs> and when <laughs> when they when they do, there's this attachment to the state of their finances. And if you are trying to help them, if an individual is trying to help them as a financial advisor, my dad was an investment advisor and went through that 87 crash with his clients and the emotional burden of, hey, they are getting ready for retirement. Now they can't retire yeah. can, can really weigh on you. And, um, what I love about your, your story there is you said never again. You took that as, an opportunity to go, okay, I'm going to learn from this and I'm going to do something differently. So I'm not in the same position again. So thanks for sharing that. That's really, really valuable. Well, on the flip side, we often have, you know, those highs in our business and we, you know, where we've made a difference. So for you, what's been one of the moments or a couple of moments where you were like, yeah, this was why I switched. You know, it's, um, it's, it's both, um, a high and a low simultaneously. But one thing that happened that always strikes me, kind of even chokes me up. We had, we had built, um, several policies for this family. And what he had done is uh, as the father, he had put policies on his kids. They were older kids in their thirties and married and so forth. But we were just trying to get as much money and capital as we could. Well, his 35 year old son, just struggling with depression and all kinds of things he ended up taking his life. So obviously that's a low, but the high was when the dad called me and just basically in tears saying, Dan, if, if we had to met you, if we hadn't have implemented these things, his wife and kids would just be financially struggling the rest of their life. And so knowing that when we go in and we set up these portfolios, if you will, we know we're doing them for for life while we're, you know, assuming we're going to have a long life. But it's also nice to know that we've protected that downside as well so that if these, you know, tragic situations occur or just normal, normal life expectancy occurs, that that family's taken care of. And uh, that's that's a great feeling. Oh, man. When you can be of service to others, even in adversity. Uh, that really is a, a really poignant moment. And I appreciate you sharing that. That's, that's great. Um, now on the other side, I have to at least say the other high I get is when somebody is uh, going to be paying three or 400,000 in taxes and I can put that all back in their pocket <laughs> in one year. That's a, that's a great high. Everybody's happy. Um, and so those are, those are what I live for. <laughs> Oh man, that that's a really really appealing, and, and I know a number of our clients could would benefit from being able to do something like that. We're gonna have to talk after this. No, all right. Um, well, well, good. Well, I, I love hearing how business benefits. You know, and and you just talked about that there, and then for you personally, it sounds like it's the kind of thing that that keeps motivating, it keeps you going. It really does, and it's it's kind of rubbed off on my family. I. 
I say I cursed him with this entrepreneurial gene. So all my all my sons and son-in-laws own their own businesses. No one's ever had a quote unquote real job. Um, they love to buy businesses. Uh, they love to analyze them. And, you know, on uh, typically on Sundays, we're all together having dinner and inevitably we're talking about business and how to grow it and how to, you know, maximize revenue and, or just analyzing, Hey, I'm looking at buying this business. Everybody throws in their two cents. So uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and uh, again, it's kind of, it's kind of spawned a whole new generation of entrepreneurs. Wow. Well, yeah, I would not call that a curse, but it, 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 <laughs> is, it is a wonderful thing. And, you know, a lot of the experts will tell you that if you want to change your environment, that you need to surround yourself with the people that you want to be like and and have that kind of experience. And so when you are talking about the family getting together there on Sunday, you're creating a vibe that is, hey, entrepreneurial spirit. And what can we do to grow? How can we invest? How can we, you know, go and, and do something a little differently and, and grow our business? So and grow our wealth. And and that's um that's a kind of vibration of frequency that that uh a lot of people are looking for and forget that they need to surround themselves with that kind of environment. So I'm glad you shared that. That's a great point. Well, it's obviously kind of fun, but they've they turned out to be better businessmen than even me. Um, and I love that. Uh, they are amazing at marketing their businesses and growing them. So they can just take any business and as long as it's a viable, you know, decent product, they're going to make that thing grow. And it's fun to watch them do that. And, uh, and, you know, I, I don't take hardly any credit at all other than I just told them, look, you really don't want to eight to five if you don't have to find a way to be productive in society give people what they want and need, and you can't help but be successful. Mm -hmm. Oh, great, great advice. Yep, yep, good. Well, on the relationship side, we have partnerships, we have customers, we have employees, we have family. For you, what's been the most important relationship for you over the past few years? You know, I think you just hit it right on the head, surrounding myself by like-minded entrepreneurial type people. I, I give a lot of credit to um, to my partners who are much more analytical than me. I'm kind of the the guy who can tell the story and they're much more of the deep, you know, get into the numbers, crunch and make sure everything that we tell people is going to work. So those guys have been just invaluable to me. Yeah. And I'd have to say my boys, watching them do what they do and the conversations we have, it just is always keeping me on my toes to make sure that as I look at my business and as they look at theirs, um, we're looking at the right things. We're trying to do the right things. We're trying to, again, find those things that um, that our clients need and want. Uh, so it all, you know, kind of anybody in that who's rubbing shoulders with me, I think, uh, has been a, a valuable asset to me. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, that is some powerful input from those relationships and it, it's sort of a self-sustaining piece for sure well good well obviously you know we have people alive that we can get with every day and we can have a mentor and that kind of a experience but sometimes there are other people we would really really wish we could talk to and so you know if you could meet anybody and have a moment with them to talk deceased or living who would that be and why would that be 
Oh man, you're going to choke me up again because I would say, uh, so my dad died pretty young. I would love to talk to him, not because actually he, he, he was born, raised and died poor. I mean, he just never really had a, a great financial life, but all I would want to know is if he was proud of me and that if he thought I was, if he thought I lived a life of integrity and doing the right thing, that's, uh, that would be what I'd want to know. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's a great, great one. And, and a lot of people will get ch choked up over somebody who is so important to them. And, and especially if you had somebody who didn't get the opportunity to watch you grow and, and, uh, be the person you are today, getting that kind of feedback from somebody so important would, would of course be quite valuable. So it makes, makes a lot of sense there. Great, great example. Well, Dan, I've enjoyed having you here on the show, and you've shared some really valuable advice, both at a personal and professional level. So if people want to get a hold of you, learn how to invest in a different way, or just want to get a hold of you and, and learn some of your things you teach on your website, how can how can they do that? Yeah, the easiest way is just my YouTube channel, of Wise Money Tools. Um, that. We have over 600 videos, all kinds of things, um, almost every financial topic under the sun. That'd be a great place to just kind of learn what we do. Uh, my website, wisemoneytools.com, obviously is a good place too. I've got a few books out there. Um, in, bo in both places, you can typically download a copy of my newest book. I call it The Four Keys to Building Wealth. It's just four things I think everybody needs to know in order to uh, to build their wealth. And uh, I, I, I wrote it so that you could read it in an hour or an hour and a half and just be on your way and start doing good things. Oh, that's awesome. Sometimes we just need that Reader's Digest version, if you will, because we get so darn busy. Um, and we, and, and that's, a, that's a great way of, of getting some information out. Well, thanks for sharing that uh, contact info, other tools that people can get to and and use and utilize for their own benefit. Um, so again, Dan, thanks for being on the show today. I have greatly enjoyed it. Oh, I enjoyed it too. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Energy of Business Moments with your host, Michael Sype. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we will see you on the next episode.